Welcome to the Fear Nought podcast, where we interview those who have pushed themselves to the limit and beyond, sharing the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Fear Nought is 100% owned and operated by Scotty's Little Soldiers, the charity for bereaved British forces children and young people. I'm James Banks, a former officer in the Royal Artillery, and this podcast is one of two Army versus Navy rugby specials. Today's with the men's team, and the next episode with the ladies. The annual Army-Navy match is the largest amateur sporting event in the UK, attracting huge crowds to Twickenham. The first match took place in 1878, and this popular event continues to bring the military community together. Joining me today is Lance Corporal Stephen Jenkinson, Jenks, from the Army men's team, and leading physical training instructor Scott Makepeace and leading airman Ben Bubba Watson from the men's Navy team. Also, today I'm thrilled to say that I have a co-host to navigate me through this sporting extravaganza, uh, British Forces Broadcasting Services Deputy Sports Editor, Kath Brazier. Thank you, Kath. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. The Army-Navy match, for anyone who's never been or never heard of it, how big a deal is this match? Oh, it's mental. Uh, I remember the first time playing it myself, I was like, lads, explaining what it's like, and you don't quite believe it until you turn up. And it's just absolute carnage. It's amazing. It's uh, And it's something that people look forward to from the day after the last one. And they talk about it all year round. And when it comes round, it's just, as I can't really describe other than... It's just an amazing, amazing experience to play in, to be honest. Yeah, I think I completely agree. I mean, last year was my first time in Navy, and you have the senior lads tell you what it's going to be like, and you don't quite understand where they're coming from until it happens. It's just, it's out of this world. It's really good. And then it's crazy. The next day, it's, it's gone. It's gone for another year. So you need to make the most of that 24 hours and do what you can to embrace it. And uh, what's it like walking out onto that, that pitch at Twickenham? I mean, that's surely a, an opportunity that not many people get. So what does it feel like for the first time and, and the and the crowd? I mean, just if people, for anyone that hasn't been to the Army-Navy match, as I said in the introduction, biggest amateur sporting event, it's packed out. It's a huge, huge atmosphere. What's it like for to go out there and represent the Army and represent the Navy? What kind of feeling do you get when you get onto the pitch? I, I don't think it feels real until you actually start walking down the out of the tunnel when you're warming up the, the stadium isn't very like isn't at max capacity um, so you don't really get a proper taste for it until you're actually walking out for kickoff, and that's when it really like swallows you up the, the noise the amount of people everyone walking out onto that pitch is either really excited or they're very very nervous <laughs> but you let it go does it ever um, do you ever get used to it I mean Scott I'm looking at you you I don't know I think you've probably got, um, you know, you've got quite a few Navy caps and I know that you, you led the team out in, in 2019. Does it ever feel any different or do you get that mix of excitement, uh, fear every time? It's a weird one for me, really, because I think Bubba, sorry, Ben, has uh, played more uh, times there than I have. Um, but like the, So I've played there three times. Uh, the first time I came off the bench in the 100th cap. Uh, the second year I started and the third year I captained and then since there I've been plagued with injuries unfortunately mm. so I've only played there three times so and every time was slightly different because I went from bench to start to captain and 
Um, so everyone felt probably more nerve-wracking than the one before. So I think next time, if I ever get to play again, that's a different story. Is is, is I think I'd like it would be nice just to have one that I've done before. But yeah, I don't think I'll ever get any less nervous um, until the first kickoff is either caught, hopefully not dropped. <laughs> yeah, once the first action's done, you kind of it's just another game of rugby then. And it's an event that's really grown over the years. I'm going to show you my age here, but I think the first time I went was '98 or something like that. Um, and the crowd was, you know, there the was Twickenham was by no, anywhere near capacity. Whereas now you go there and it's it's difficult to get a ticket at times. It's it's absolutely rammed. I mean, that, and and to compare that to watching you know, regimental rugby or unit rugby, it, it really is a different level, isn't it? hundred percent. I think not sound big headed, but that game you've got the well, fifteen from fifteen people from each service define as like the creme de la creme of service sport. So when you go there and the amount of the amount of people it attracts, it's just such like a amazing event for everyone, the players and the fans, because you could say it's like one of the biggest reunions in the world. And does it make your? I mean, it's it probably isn't a, a question you can answer without actually answering on the day, but. Does it improve your rugby? You know, does do you feel like it improves your rugby just because you're, you know, you've got so many people to impress while you're there? Um, I think from my point of view, you work so hard to get there. You just want to do the job. You just want to go through the processes and play the game. And like I got on like later on in the second half, and you don't think about what's going on around you. You just want to get the job done. You just want to do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, and it's it's quite a lot of pressure, isn't it? Even though arguably people are there for the occasion and obviously you've got a lot of passionate Army fans, a lot of passionate Navy fans, but you just want to play well for yourself and your team, really, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, especially from a Navy point of view, like it's been sort of, well, I've won at Twickenham since 2010, Drew in 2016, won the inter-services. I think like it's just wanting to break that, that hoodoo sort of thing as and when the 15 of you go out it's your job then it's your job this year to make the navy fans in the happy, in the in the crowd proud for once rather than the army um but as i said i've never managed to achieve that i know bubble was involved in 2016 but um but yeah i think it's the wanting to break that hoodoo down um, of just not it's always so frustrating when you finish in the change room after and you think it's just trying to get over the line now for us boys i think and it bubs but it's just yeah. frustrating but i know the army boys aren't going to give it over um, no, not at all. But it's always a good game. It's always a good occasion. So, Scotty, I'm really glad you used the word hoodoo because I was going to ask that because I feel like I, I feel like having watched every game you know, or having been there since about 2010 myself as a reporter, I, I know that there have been times when the Navy have been the better team that year and they just haven't been able to do it at Twickenham. And I've been frustrated for you. Do you guys feel that hoodoo? Because I feel it for you and I'm like I said I'm glad you used that word because you know you've impressed so much in the warm-up games and then you've got to Twickenham and the army just seemed to have the advantage I don't know really I think we never go into the camp thinking there's one uh, we always obviously very confident in what we do and we, we have a good season and, and whatever but it just seems to be we never go into the game thinking you, we're not going to win it like and I know the army will be the same it's not something you're ever going to go into thinking we're not going to win this game but I don't know, every year I've been something, obviously, 2018 I was ascending off and 20, uh, 2019 I played, it was close. And you just think they seem to know how to manage a game better at the moment in the, in the later stages. They have players that they bring off the bench that know how to manage games well. And 
Um, I'm not saying we don't, but they just seem to get over the line that get over the line year on year but yeah I wouldn't say we know there's a hoodoo but like personally as a player you know when you get the change room you think how is that not how has it happened again you know so um, but hopefully this year will be a slightly different result but we'll see Jenks do you feel do you feel the pressure on an army side that God, we can't be the team that that, that loses that, that finally gets rolled over yeah very much so um, you've got the players that come before you and you do not want to be that guy I mean, you speak to some of the senior players and the guys that are in the coaching setup now, they're being in the mix when we lost and the feeling and the emotions that they had. You, you don't want to have that. You don't experience it. So it's something that we fight really hard to keep on top of and keep fighting hard. Bubba, what was it like in 2016 then when he came so close? I won't lie. I was, I was on the bench and it was my... It was my first year in senior rugby, so I was absolutely terrified sitting on that bench thinking... Half time, it was so close, and I thought, God, I'm going to get on my pitch, and it's either going to go one way or the other. And luckily, it was a group of under 23s that we all came on around the same sort of time in the second half. That second half was just like we turned it on its head, really. Came back, probably biased a little bit, but I think we're quite unlucky to actually lose the, um, sorry, draw the game. I thought, I thought it was ours to win, really. And um, it was once got on the pitch, once you get your hand on the ball, the nerves die, but. It's quite hard to ignore the sound of the, the fans and everything else when, when you're so focused on trying to actually play your game properly and stay composed. But, yeah, it was amazing. Banksy, what were you doing in 2016? Uh, you, you know that I was getting married that day because, uh, <laughs> Kathy, you were a, a guest at my wedding and all I could see you do was checking your phone. And uh, I thought I thought you were cheering for my uh, my speech, but in fact you weren't. You were cheering because of the rugby. So um, we were, myself and my wife were quite concerned that Kath wasn't going to come to our wedding, and a lot of our our guests weren't going to come because it was the same thing as the Army Navy. But thank you, Kath. Um. Well, it just it makes me laugh because James hadn't been to every Army Navy, you know, in his in his lifetime, and the one day. He chooses for his wedding. I don't think, to be fair, you realised at the time. No. And yeah, I did say to Charlotte, you're gorgeous and much better half. Um, could I just come to the party afterwards? Because it's Army Navy Day. She pretty much defriended me at that spot. So I thought that yeah. was, it was better. So yes, <laughs> I, have, I missed the Army Navy. But most of your guests wanted to the result. They did. Well, yeah. So I was doing them a favour. And, and one last point on that is that I'd been to every, every Army Navy match from 98 through to my wedding. And I've not been since. No. Oh. So, you know, <laughs> just leave it there. Let's leave that one there. Let's leave that one there. Um, so, look, for people who, who aren't familiar with you know, elite levels of sport in the, in the military, how do you get to end up playing at Twickenham? How do you get in the Navy team? How do you get in the Army team? What separates you from the from the unit level rugby or the sport or the, or the you know Wednesday afternoons? having a kick about in the navy there's there's a clear pathway from going from like unit level sport to well in this case rugby so there's you'll have your unit team and you'll play different units around the country and if you're excelling at that level then you'll then get the opportunity to play for fleet air arm and you'd often a lot of the time for into command level it's often the royal marines and the fleet air arm in the final so once you've played your, your command level rugby um if you haven't been picked up there then we had a team called the Royal Navy of Presidents, which is on the senior 15 coaches can select players or give opportunities to players to see if they're ready for the step up to senior level would be. So there's that clear pathway from unit directly to the senior 15. 
there's no one lost in the like in the system almost. And now the, the president's is now called the Royal Navy Academy. So they've got fixtures going on now and there's quite a lot of interest being shown from the coaches and players that are actually playing for the academy. So there's no one being left out. I think that almost like the stigma of thinking that it's clicky or there's no some people can just miss out. That's completely gone now. Everyone's got a chance for the willing and capable to take that step up. You also have the um, the twenty threes as well, don't you? So like, if you're so that's how I managed to do it when I joined Salton as an, as an aircraft engineer. I joined up as I I got selected to go and play for the Navy under twenty threes, and then that was my pathway through to playing uh, senior rugby. As I know, a lot of the lads on the Navy camp at the moment are doing t- under twenty threes, so they'd bring you in for like a season, see if you can make that step, and if you make the step, you then go through there. But if you're obviously over twenty three, you go through the command level that that, that Bubs has just alluded to, but. I managed, and then we've also got the 23 set up in the Navy as well. So Yeah, that's pretty much the same detail here as well. So you'll uh, play for your regiment, and obviously there's different standards of regimental rugby. I play for March with Dolphins, so that's like the highest standard in the Army. So that's a good pathway to get selected. And then you play for the Royal Logistic Corps, and that's the same as the highest standard in the Army. Um, we're playing in the final against the Sappers in a couple of weeks, so that'll be good. You move on, you'll play for... The Army Development squads, we just had them three, four games. And then from then, they'll start making the cuts up to IS. I'm product of the process. So I got selected for Army 23s, did that a few years ago, and then went played Army A's for a couple of seasons. And in 2020, uh, me and Mikey, we got selected for the IS squad that year. But sadly, COVID happened. So that put us back a couple of years. So, yeah. The process, they are they're out there. The pathways are out there. So there's loads of opportunity. There's an open trial as well that was in October, so anyone can come have a couple of days like open trial. I think they played against the 23s, and they'll make a sort of selection off that as well going forward into the dev games. Hi everyone, it's Nikki here, the founder of Scotty's Little Soldiers. I'm really sorry to briefly interrupt the podcast. I just wanted to personally say a massive thank you for listening and also to let you know that Fear Naught is actually brought to you by the charity Scotty's Little Soldiers. Um, since 2010, Scotty's has been supporting bereaved British forces children and young people through our Smile Support Strides and Spring Ball programmes. And you can find out loads more about the charity uh, over on our website, which is scottysLittleSoldiers.co.uk. We do things a little differently at Scotty's, so as well as all the regular ways a charity engages with its supporters, we've also created Fear Naught, which we're really hoping that will bring you guys a load of value. Through Fear Naught, we share you know great inspirational podcasts like the one you're listening to right now, but also we have um, Fear Naught challenges, merchandise, uh, and Overwatch. So it's a great way for people like yourselves to actually be supporting the charity Scotty's Little Soldiers as well. For more details, check out fearnaught.uk. Now back to the podcast. And you're all encouraged nowadays. There's a lot of focus on you all playing club rugby because you've got the likes of got elite level performers like your Rocco Dagoonies, like your, you know, Sam Matavesi at um, Northampton. But you've also got you all play club level rugby and you're encouraged to do that so that you can bring that experience back into into your service teams as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's more for personal development as well. So you do that, but obviously you can see some people, they might not play regimental rugby at all, so they won't get much regular rugby. So the more rugby you can do and the more exposure you can get, the better you're going to be and it's going to enhance your game and affect you like going on the pathway and getting better and hopefully playing IS. So. And do we know whether, um, do you know in advance whether, I mean, I call them the big names, but... The people like uh, Premiership players that you've got in your sides, whether they'll be joining up because they're 
there seems to be special dispensation when it comes to the inter-services and Army-Navy that those big names, in inverted commas, can join up on those days. I think I think that's a conversation that they'll, they'll probably have with the coaches early doors. That'll be a conversation the coach will be having with the clubs. I mean, I know us as players, we get wind of when they're coming into camp for either a session here or there or <clears throat> when they're on camp full-time. But as players, we don't really know the... I don't personally know the ins and outs of... Uh, their their contract of what they can play, what they can't play, what they're allowed to play, etc. So I think that's just more that when when the the coaches and the clubs in question have had that conversation and the boys are allowed back in camp, but they definitely bring energy. Well, I know Sammy definitely brings energy into our camp, so it's great to have him back and have him around. Uh, we look forward to him getting back on the campus as soon as we can, really, to bring that wealth of experience and uh, leadership yeah. that he has. So. How does it compare the, the the training and or the matches as well between your your civvy clubs and the and the military teams? Are they are they getting closer and closer, or are they very different ways of of operating? I think a lot of teams nowadays play similar sort of rugby. It's just the the finer details of things where we need to get come to an agreement where this is the way we're going to do it for the navy. So whether it be I don't know for for malls, lineouts, etc., you've got you've got all these conflicting opinions on how things should be done. We just come to an understanding where we need to, this is the way we're going to do it here, this is it, and then when you go back to the club, you can do it like that. Now. This trial period for the Navy, we've found that we've got so many different lads from different teams that like to do certain things in a certain way. It's coming coming to that agreement where we need to realise what's best for us, and we're going to do it this way, and then when you go back to your club, you can do it that way. It's just, it's just a bit of muscle memory, I think, and whoever's going to assist and get their way is getting there. Someone was just mentioning then about about COVID and the pandemic, and how has that affected the team? I mean, now hopefully we're we're through and we're you know looking to the future. And you know, sadly, we saw that the Army Navy was was cancelled a couple of years ago because of it. But how has that impacted? Are you now back on track? Do you now feel that you've that 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 chapter's over and things have are back where they should be when it comes to training and schedules, etc.? Yeah, I think. Um in a sense, that's COVID sort of done now. And we have moved on and we are now moving on to the future. Obviously, things have changed. There's different dynamics. The timetables have changed. We don't do things that we used to do pre-COVID. But that's in the past now and we're now moving on. And it's, it's positive, it's refreshing. So, yeah, it's good. So so how is form? Who's, who, let's, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to ask predictions at the very end. Um, <laughs> but let, look, how, how's form been this season? From the Navy's point of view... Um, We've had Oxford and Cambridge so far. We've come away with a victory both both fixtures. We've got a few, quite a few lads still missing out at the moment, so a few lads come in. But I think already the the standard at this point from where we were last year is already a lot higher. I think there's a proper winning mentality, and especially coming from from all the new lads that have fresh into this like senior environment, where a lot of the time you'd expect them to kind of be in the shells. But this year everyone's like stepped up and shown a lot of grit. But I think our form in the minute is really good and I think it will only get better because we're, we're so early in this IS campaign. So it's quite exciting to see where we're going to go. And Jenks, you're outnumbered on this podcast, so come on, how are the army looking? Start, get, start yeah. the mind games early, come on. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's early days for us too. I mean, we've played three games. They've all been dev games and we're going on to our... Like we've made a cut and now we're going on to um, the varsity games, but we've won all three. So we played British Police, Blackheath and Oxford Greyhounds last Friday. And um, yeah, we've got loads of new faces. Uh, there's lads coming in. The mindset from the lads and our intent is there. So 
everyone's trying to prove themselves and stuff and it's typical sort of trial games but everyone really wants to wear that red shirt and the desire is really good to see from everyone so yeah really exciting actually going forward to the next couple of weeks you keep going for friends at IS. You're talking about inter services. Is that what we're talking about when we talk about IS? Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, what is the what is the schedule between now and and the Army Navy match itself, and you know how the how the next few weeks pan out? So, for us, we're going to our two varsity games. So, we're playing against Cambridge next week, and then we'll have Oxford University the week after. Then we have a week off, and then we're playing against the French Army at Aldershot. So that'll be a big game, and that's capped this year. So that'll be a good game, big game for us. And then um, we'll go into our training camp in Cardiff. And I think we go to Bedford to play against Bedford Blues and then into Inter Services. So it's coming thick and fast now. Yeah, for the for the Navy now, it's um, we've got Plymouth Albion next week. And then we've got uh, Exeter Chiefs down at their place. And then shortly after, we've got the Marine National at, back at Plymouth at Brookfields. And then we've got quite a big block there, training block, before we play the RAF. But it's probably quite nice for the lads just to get their heads in the game for the services. Yeah, so Banksy, the dates are Royal Navy play RAF at Plymouth Albion on the 25th of March. RAF then play the Army at King's Home on the 15th of April. And of course, Army Navy is 13th of May, moved a week because of the coronation. And obviously that's at Twickenham. So they're sort of quite nicely spread out. But like the boys have been saying, a lot of warm-up games and the kind of, you know, they can really start thinking about Army Navy now. And it's important that to people to realise that this is the, is a tournament. It's not just the Army Navy match. It's yeah. the, the, the RAF are involved, maybe not on the day, but they've certainly got their place within the within the competition. Well, yeah. Let's not forget the RAF have won it twice in the last sort of fifteen years as well, and um, that's that's interesting when you have the the pinnacle that is Army Navy, um, but it's a void game. So yeah, the RAF are definitely not out of it, but. I don't see the Army Navy being changed in any way just because um, it is the end of a, the culmination of a tournament. From a, but from a BFBS point of view, we have to be very fair about it and talk about it as three games. Um, but I do appreciate that Army Navy brings in people that wouldn't normally even know there's two other games. And I, I get that. That's fine. It's it's a day in itself. And so after the let's, let's, after the after the Army Navy. What? How does how does the, how does sport fit into your military careers? Uh, how do you keep that balance? What does it look like? I mean, I'm sure it's different for all three of you. But are you in uniform very often, or are you just focused on on the rugby the whole time? What's the? How does it play out? So for me, for me personally, it's been a different couple of years. So I haven't been involved in a senior training camp since 2020 when COVID hit. Uh, I had two years off due to COVID and then career course and injury. So I missed out on a campaign last year. So I know for me personally, I am now a PTI. So I will, I will once the camp's finished, I'll be back in uniform day in, day out, living the dream. Um, but I know, and I know it's slightly different for, for Bubs at the moment. Um, and I know for a couple of the boys in the camp, where this will be slightly different for, for me personally. It's going back to work um, <coughs> at Drake, uh, training for Plymouth Tuesday, Thursday. Well, probably not after I'm in the season, will be done. But wait for pre-season and then get hopefully fly back into a full pre-season at Plymouth and just get back into rugby as, as every other working person would uh, would do and now I'm going to pass it over to the big timer who's is Ben Watson who's going to tell you <laughs> what the other other side of life can be like within, the, within uh, sport in the Navy <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself a big timer like, but uh, I think 
not normally I'd be the same as Scott working on the back of a, a ship on a flight deck and the, they always tell us we're a sailor first so when we're away from rugby we need to be putting in the, the extra graft just so that we can kind of earn, earn the uh well win our bosses or bosses over um whoever it may be just so we can get that time off for the camp but uh last summer I got the opportunity to join Scarlets down in southwest Wales for pre-season two of the other navy players uh, came down with me and um luckily they, they kept me on so Unfortunately, I didn't actually get an opportunity to play for them at all. However, being a, being in that environment, training five days a week with Scarlets and like the likes of Ken Owens and Lee Halfpenny, etc., I think it allowed me to learn so much and develop my game, but also learn things to bring into the Navy camp yeah. to develop the develop the team as a whole. And in fact, that's really important to me. So it's something I've been just being a sponge, really, just absorbing all this information, bringing to the the Navy camp, and now, now I'm with the Navy lads full-time. So Scarlet's have allowed me to step away and focus on the Navy rugby now. But, yeah, it's a completely different way of life. It's all, almost seeing how the other half live. Um, I can't remember the last time I put my rig on, but I, 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 I do miss it. Um, it fit. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> James, what's it like for you from from an army side? Yeah, so I'm the same. Um, I'm the same with Scott, really. So after I'm in Navy, Good I think man. it's important that you pay, <laughs> pay your dues, get back to work, and get that balance right. Because especially with like career progression, you need to pay back and get back to work. In the summer, I'll try and deploy and get away and stuff, just so you've almost got that in the bank. So when it does come back around to army season, you can get away, and they're a little bit more lenient with you. Yeah. And how does it balance their career? I mean, that's got to be tricky for, for you and for your units in the service because balancing careers and and the sport, the fact is that, as Scott said and Jenks, said as well, you know, the career courses are important to make sure that you're getting promotion and you feel still part of it. And that must be there must be some tricky decisions. I'm sure that, that, you know, you're pretty well supported, but there must be some pretty difficult decisions to make individually. Yeah, it's extremely difficult. I think, because um, you need to get it right, because otherwise you won't get anywhere in regards to career-wise. Yeah. But as long as in the off-season and stuff, if you put the work in and you do more work than sort of anyone else around you, and you're in a good place. You, you need to get yourself away, like deploy if you can, get your career courses done. And a lot of it is down to yourself and how you manage that. So, look, predictions. <laughs> How's it going to play out on uh, where are we, what day are we playing? On 13th of May, 13th of May at Twickenham. How's it going to go? Who Thanks wants to go first? Kath, do you want to do you want to start start off with a oh, BFBS no. prediction? I'm gonna, no, I'm going to be a true neutral here. Come on, the, let's ask the uh, Navy and Army boys first. Personally, <laughs> I, I, I honestly think like I'm Jenks. I'm not sure whether you'd agree, but last year, I th- a lot of your lads were saying to us like. We were lucky. Sorry, we were unlucky not to win. I think certain areas of our game let us down a little bit. Um, we were absolutely gutted. To be fair, I think we've, it will be a, one hell of a match. I think this year we're certainly going to be going into it very confident. Uh, I'm sure the army are as well. Uh, I think it'll be a very exciting game to watch this year, even more so than last year, because everyone I've spoken to that was there last year and watched it on various social media channels or TV that said it was an amazing game to watch and being there on the pitch it was absolutely gutting to not come away with a win last year so I think we're pretty hungry for it this year so, I'm going yeah. I was going to say it Navy, Navy to win by 10 
Wow. Name is to win by 10. There you go. I'm just going to say, I'm going to beat Ravnit. Let's go. Let's have it. <laughs> yeah, I, Typical um, PTI I overconfidence there. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Jenks, you agree with what? With, with Ben, not, not, with, not with Scott. No, no, no. Not at all. Um, I think, I think uh, last year was a very tight game, but I think we've um, we've learned our lessons and we plan to right some wrongs from last year and bounce back and become better than what we were. Obviously, we got the win last year and we'll get the win even better this year. So, so remind of last year's score, it's 35-27. And it was, yeah, it's one of those really, like I say, high-scoring, good, close games. So it'll, it'll be one to beat. I'm not giving you a score prediction because... I love both sides in equal measure. I have no, just because I'm from the South Coast, don't assume, and just because I go to the Royal Navy training more than I do Army, don't assume I have a favourite. This um, is your badge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just after some free kit, aren't you, Kath? That's all you want, come on. Good luck getting that. <laughs> I think I, I got to borrow a hat one training session because I was particularly cold and a fair brother took it back off me quite soon after. So, um, no, I'm not going to make a prediction because for me, you know, it's all about the rugby and I just love being on the sideline for that game. I feel really special to be there and um, thank God this year I get to go. No one's getting married. <laughs> they are, James. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, I won't, I won't, no, no. That's why I'm not going to make comment, any more comments about my wedding because my wife will listen to this at some point. And, uh, yeah. um, look, we're almost out of time, um, but we just have a little rapid fire uh, question section. Um, Jenks, you're going to get two questions because you're the only one from the army on the call. Uh, and Kath, you're going to get a question as well. So, um, first question, let's go, Scott. Uh, what's the toughest challenge you've ever taken on? Uh, my current. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been the hardest thing. It's been a long, long road. So I'm still fighting it, but I'll be back hopefully at some point. Good. Your current injury, the toughest challenge, okay. Bubba, what inspires you to carry on? I think the just being, being around the, the the lads that we play with is, especially when you go back to work, I don't know, you just crave being around the boys and getting that win at Army Navy is, I'll carry on going until we get one. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a feeling like no other the team environment's amazing I, I, I can't even compare it to anything else it's just something that you carry on once going back to until we get that win at IS Jenks you surprised yourself most when you did what probably when my wife gave birth and oh. did cry that's good wasn't it <laughs> some boy this guy some boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Uh, Kath, what's at the top of your bucket list? Oh, um, my gosh. Are we? Do we have to? Is it rugby, sports based, or anything? No, it can be anything. Can I have a a year off to to just travel the world and watch sports? <laughs> All right, okay. BFBS, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, finally, Jenks, back to you. Uh, marathon or a sprint? Sprint. I'm not good for long yeah. distance. <laughs> not built for long distance. No. no. <laughs> I'm not for either. <laughs> That's look. Okay, we talk about this for hours, and I think it's, it's it's such a great event, and um, I will certainly be uh, trying to get my leave pass to come across on the 13th of May if I can. 
because uh, it's it's great. It's a really great day out. Um, so look, if I don't speak to you before, best of luck to all of you in the match. Obviously, Jenks, don't let the side down. Um, uh, but it, I, you know, I think it'll be whatever the result. Obviously, I'm gonna win. It'll be a cracking game. Come on, Jamie. Sure. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> <Maybe>. sure. <laughs> right. So look, if you enjoyed this podcast, then uh, please click subscribe to be notified of even more inspiring stories. 100% of profits from Fear Nought are donated to Scotty's Little Soldiers, so check out the Fear Nought website to shop our clothing range or visit the scottyslittlesoldiers.co.uk page to find out more about the great work Scotty's does to support bereaved military children. <laughs>